From foster care to NFL, Anthony trucks on identity shift and making shift happen. Against all odds, Anthony has transformed his life and achieved what many would deem impossible. In this deep dive interview, he shares his journey from foster care to NFL and beyond, revealing how he harnessed the power of identity shift to overcome challenges and succeed. As the founder of Dark Work and creator of the Dark Work Experience, Anthony enlightens us on how to tap into our full potential and make shift happen. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. I'm excited to share a little bit more about the guests we have today. Anthony Trucks is a former foster child, NFL football player, competitor on America Ninja Warrior, best-selling author, and identity shift coach. From foster care to the NFL to being a successful business owner, Anthony Trucks has accomplished what statistics would say impossible. As the founder of Dark Work and creator of the Dark Work Experience, Anthony teaches people how to succeed and access the power of their identity through dark work to tap into their full potential and make shift happen. I am so excited and pleased to welcome to the stage, Mr. Anthony Trucks. Hey, how are you today? I'm fabulous. I'm so excited to have you here. And from the get-go, you bring in this immense, awesome energy. So thank you so much for doing so. Oh, yeah, yeah. My pleasure. I, I, what else am I going to bring? I, I told my son today this morning, actually, I was like, hey, son, I said, today's the most important day ever. He goes, why? I go, well, you can't handle yesterday. You can't do anything about that, right? No, I said, can you affect tomorrow? No, I said, all you guys right now. And so like, let's make it a great day. So it's my, it's my set set point mentality, to be quite honest. It is. And that's why you're doing great things. And you, you, when we do that, we emanate that energy into the world. So that's exactly what you're doing with your family and your son. That is so cool. So let's start by sharing with the audience a little bit more about you. Let's get to know Anthony. Let's do it. What would you like to know about Anthony? I, I tell you a whole lot. I tell you a whole lot of stuff, but I don't know what you want to know. Let's know a little background about you. Where did you stem from? What was childhood like? But really, the essence of you that creates yeah. what you're doing today. Yeah, uh, I think the thing that happens for all of us is you go through crap, right? <laughs> and then when you go yeah. through crap, it strengthens you or it, uh, or unfortunately keeps you pinned down. It just didn't pin me down. So I was given away as a kid at three years old in the foster care system. Uh, my mom didn't want me or my three other siblings. So we got kind of subjected to this really heinous foster care uh, system. And it really was somewhere I was like beaten and starved and tortured, a lot of craziness. And so by the age of six years old, I'd been in six different houses, uh, had not a lot of very good things take place. And so I was really closed off from the world. And then I found myself in a family at six years old, the last family, the only black person in a very poor, all white family, having not much but like love and care and a mom who unconditionally loved me for no reason that made sense. 
And, uh, and it led me down this kind of journey of, of navigating scent myself. Like, who am I? Where do I fit? Like identity became this kind of big question. Like, who is this guy? Mm. And I eventually after, uh, shoot, 11 years in the system that adopted this family and knew for the first time, this is my home. I don't, I don't have to worry about going somewhere else or being thrust into some new environment. And then I had to find a way to build me. And, and that's what we all have to do at some point. At some point, you kind of wake up and go, all right, it's, it's on me to control this thing. And so I leaned into something. And it was this thing my heart was set on. I was going to go play football and be great at this, right? And I go in and I try this thing out. We've all had this moment where you go, like, I can't wait to do it. And then you suck. Mm. So I go, oh, man, like, this is horrible. Like, I'm trying this new thing and I'm, I'm not good. I don't care what it could be, trying a new instrument, trying a new career, a new hobby. And you're met with this decision inside of, do I continue doing this, knowing that I, I'm not good at this and I'm getting this emotional feedback of negativity? Or do I choose to make a really good excuse to avoid this. And most people choose the latter. They go choose this, this good excuse that can, you know, pacify people's minds and, and people go, oh, yeah, I, it makes sense why. And I was a foster kid. My adoptive mom was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, so people were focused on her, the family was. So it made sense to just kind of chalk up football. And I had this moment that kind of woke me up, and I go, I don't want to be that guy. I want to, I want to be great at something. I want to beat the statistics. I don't want to be this this bad, you know, guy, this criminal, because most people don't know, but if you go to any prison in America, 75% of the inmates are former foster kids like me. Yeah. So we're not to do very well. And uh, leaned into football, got really good, and, and the rest was history. There's a lot more to it, but that's a good point to stop, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, gosh, Anthony, I could I could go on so many different directions with what you've already said. And I love that you bring in identity, and the word identity and everything that encompasses around that. So when we consider your background in, of course, identity makes a huge uh, impact in your life because you you didn't know where you fit in. And I love that you also brought in that you said, when I finally felt like this was home, where I where I really was able to sink myself into that that thought and know that I was loved and accepted and that it didn't matter that this was blood or not. But, you know, when we are, are thrust and thrown in life into all of these different circumstances where it is difficult to find our place and know who we are because of that, it, you know, identity comes up. And I find it interesting. And the reason I love the wording choice and, and to everything that goes along with it is because that word in and of itself has been at the forefront of my life in the past couple of years when life is just shaking up so yeah. much that it comes up. And I remember a couple of years ago, I went to a networking event and we were talking about and, and the time of the year is coming up where we talk about our new year's resolutions and all of the things that we want to work on and, and yeah. what are the things that you want to transition into or concentrate. So it was a word. We had to choose mm -hmm. a word that we were going to encompass for the rest of the year. And my word was identity. Hmm. And I tell you what, when I said that people looked at me really yeah. sideways, like they weren't quite sure why I would say that. Mm -hmm. And so it had so much meaning to me. And I'm kind of curious how that has been for you bringing the, the topic into the world. Yeah. Well, it's, it's misconstrued because most people think it's like a gender identity conversation. Like, oh, it's not that. Mm. Before that word was used beyond that, that kind of area, it actually, it's essentially, it's, here's my definition of it. It's who you are when you're not thinking about who you are. 
Mm. It's how you show up. It's your actions, your habits, your patterns you have. Interestingly enough, those habits, actions, and patterns create the life that you live. Now, some are just the ones you give out. Some are responsive, right? So something happens, I respond. But if you think about anybody you know, like think about a cousin, a brother, sister, a friend, right? If you give them a situation, say all of a sudden, um, you know, a, a fire hydrant opens up and water's spilling out, you can probably think of what that person would do because you know that person's identity. It's their habits, their patterns, their actions. And so all of us have this. And most of the time we don't realize they were haphazardly created. Like things just happened and all of a sudden this became who I was. And I say in life, you, you are wired neurologically and psychologically to an identity based on experiences. Things yeah. happen and it wires you, right? And so the problem is for a lot of us, we don't realize that as those experiences happen, because genuinely, like if a dog walks in and you got bit and I didn't, you might be freaking out. And I'm like, oh, look, a dog. It's purely based on an experience that wired us. So that's my identity, right? Yeah. But the way that those experiences happen is two ways. It's on demand, which means I choose it or when crap hits the fan, something right. goes sideways. I got to, you know, survival mode. And for like 90% of people's lives, it's all based on just crap hits the fan. And so yeah. for me, when I think about the word, I try to get people a working model, hopefully I just did, that allows them to understand like it's it's really just a matter of you stepping back and going, oh, with a life I have that maybe I'm in love with or maybe I'm not in love with, it's in place because of my identity, my habits, my patterns, my actions. And if if I think about how it happened and maybe I want to change something, it's it's really under my control if I can just find ways to create new experiences that mm -hmm. wire me differently so I can have different things. Because I'm going to end with this statement. It is... I do not believe you can attain or sustain a life above your current identity. Mm. If you don't have the habits and the patterns and the actions of a multimillionaire, you don't get to be a multimillionaire. So if you yeah. want that next level thing, you got to become the next level you. That's so cool. And when we look at it that way, it it doesn't matter what happens around us when, when shit hits the fan. It, it doesn't matter because that identity piece, when we know who we are at the core, we know that we're going to respond to that level. Um, and it's easy to fall away from that and get confused and be like, oh my gosh, now I really don't know who I am. But again, going back to that, when you have that understanding of that's what identity is, it makes things a lot easier. And I want to go into how you, you brought up in kind of in the beginning where it's stepping into those fear uh, experiences, right? That help shape us. Then we really know how we are going to show up. Now, I don't know if you know, Anthony, but I have a law enforcement background. So that experience for me, when I stepped into so much of it was fear, like mm -hmm. it was terrifying being a, a woman. I had already had three children. So I was already stepping out of the statistics. I was still mm -hmm. in my 20s. But, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, the young cat coming in where I was in the athletics. I was a mom and yeah. a woman. <laughs> and now I'm surrounded by by men primarily who were very well uh, fit and taken care of. And so it was stepping into those fear things. And at the same time, knowing how I show up, because we really don't know how we're going to respond until we get there. But yeah. so I love that you bring up that when you do things, when you step into those, those experiences that are a little scary, it, it makes a big difference. And not many of us do that. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's, it's kind of the one area that is like, most people avoid their crucibles. You know, it's, mm -hmm. uh, 
Ah. It's a thing that hardens you. My son's in one right now. My oldest son goes to college at Oregon. And <laughs> literally just last night we were having a conversation. He's in the thick of it. He's in the heaviest part of his off-season training. So his body's heavily loaded, which is a lot of weights, a lot of running. He's yeah. also in the thick of doing his his work for school. And he's, he's doing, you know, he's trying to do like physics and computer science stuff. So he's in the middle of like a lot of things, right? Physical and mental. Well, it's all, it's all testing. He's like, dad, this is like, and he literally, this was language to me. He says, dad, I, I rarely, you know, get defeated by days. Like almost every says, but like this day has, is, is defeated me. Like mm-hmm. and you can hear his voice and I could, I could feel. And, and the, the heart of a dad goes, God, you know, I want to save him from this. But then the heart of, of the human who knows, what his his future will need if he wants great things goes like this is what you have to to battle with son i I said i wish i could lighten it for you i wish i could make it easier for you but i can't and you don't want me to because when you get through this you'll find that it actually becomes something that's a massive strength for you i said the champion that he's pac-12 so the pac-12 championship is going to be held whoever the pac-12 champion is in the future is handling this right now This is what it is. And it's like, I, yep. and this is, it's a beauty to it, right? So I say that to go, he could easily avoid the crucible. He could find a way to tank in his grades. He could find a way to go, oh, I'm, I'm injured and, and fall away, right? And most people in the face of those moments, they will avoid them. Like they, mm-hmm. it's so uncomfortable. They'll, they'll leave it because of the fear of what it is and the difficulty. And, and so when you are faced with that, you have a beautiful opportunity there, but you will squander the opportunity if you let it win. And it's okay to be afraid of it. Like it's, I have a younger son, plays football. He doesn't like to go in and hit people yet. And I go, it's okay. It's, it's completely okay to be scared. Like I fully grasp that, but you meet it with courage. That's it. You just, you accept that you're scared of it and go, okay, this, the, the anti, right? The solution, the, how it's just to have crazy courage, being brave. I heard recently one time somebody say, you know, faking being brave is still being brave, right? You're, you're still doing the acts of bravery, even if you feel like you're faking them. And the crazy oh. thing is, based on my, we'll call my identity work early. It's like, even in the actions of doing it, that's how you become it. So when you have these fears, you act courageously, even if it's fake courage, you're being courageous. The more you be that, like the more you become that in time. I think, and and I could be wrong when I say this, but I believe Brene Brown brings that up a lot. You know, she's done extensive research on, mm-hmm. on courage Change. and vulnerability and all of the things. And I feel like, and again, I could be wrong, but when we talk about courage, it in, it entails fear and vulnerability. And and you just you you don't have courage or can't step into it without some of those things being present. Yeah. And it also it robs you of the pride you need for the later moments. Mm. See, my son's race when he runs the race later this year is gonna be a race where it's him against the world, right? Whoever's there. Yeah. And it's going to be somewhere that the gun goes off and he takes off and there's going to be a hurdle. He snips or he, you know, he, he bumbles over it. And in that instant, there will be an instinctual next step. And it'll happen. I'm literally in a millisecond of whether he leans in or he leans out. And what happens is in that the moment, what will make him lean in is how he fought through this crucible. Like my work's an identity and I have this, this brand, it's called dark work, which is tied to this shift stuff. And I really think that there's this window of time we all go through of unsexy, difficult, ridiculed, misunderstood work. But what it does, it gives you this mentality when you got done, when you enter what I call is defining moments of a mentality of I've done too much work in the dark to lose in the light. And and that's a guttural sense, an instinctual, when it's in your soul, right? What happens is you will face these moments. They're going to happen. 
But when you've done that work, you won't allow yourself not to show up. You won't, it'll be like squandering all the hard stuff. And so when you avoid or you don't lean into the very difficult things, you rob yourself of that future drive when you need it. And so mm. there's a, a reasoning at a psychological level and a skill set level to face your fears. Because when you face a moment, you need that dog in you, that mentality in you to overcome it. And then what happens is you have this crazy pride. You feel amazing. Like this is a tangent, but I feel like we're in this world where everybody's like there's like a, a heavy mental health issue. There's a lot of people that don't feel confident, that they feel um, you know, uncomfortable. And I believe a lot of it's because we've robbed people of their hardships. Like we've robbed kids of the difficulty of having to interact with each other. We've, we've robbed people of the difficulty of having to, to talk to you and say, I don't like this, as opposed to keyboard warriors. When you've robbed people of these hardships, they don't know how to handle them when they show up. And so we have more and more people not proud of themselves, not happy with themselves. And I don't know anybody who has killed themselves, either in the fitness realm or in preparation for something, who comes out and goes, I don't like me. Like, no, you, I, I feel like a warrior because of how I battled to prepare for this. So people need to do more battling to find that comfort, that that sense of self, that pride that I think the world's lacking in areas. Yeah, that's a really great example. And there there was a term uh, that I learned early on in law enforcement. You don't rise to the level of your courage. You fall to the level of your training. Mm -hmm. And so it's, again, going in that the darkness period, walking into your fears and and you're correct. Again, great example of how how people are showing up today where we're so comforted with the, the surroundings and the environment that we're creating that we're not really stepping into those 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 things that we need in order for growth and evolution. But yeah. that's truly what you have to have in order to get there. You have to at all levels. You know, it's crazy. There's a, a study that came out. I think I first heard about it from uh, Dr. Peterson, maybe. I went and looked it up to see if it like legitimate. What he's, he uncovered or somebody did was that whenever you're faced with stress, there's like there's stress that becomes trauma. There's also what's called you stress. It's like positive stress. Like there's you stress in a sense of like my wife and I argue, but it's stress that'll help me become a better husband or my body to get better and stronger in the weight room, right? And what happens interestingly is when you have like a psychological you stress, you actually force the brain to encode more of your dormant DNA. Very interestingly, your mm. brain will start to release a protein that, that starts to code the dormant DNA. So you become more of who you're meant to be literally at a genetic level. And as a man of faith, I believe like there's a sense of like what's in us that God put there for us to extract and find and polish the rock. And so I look at this and go like, not only are these things great for your pride and great for your conscience, like there's so many levels of, of greatness from difficulty. But when you subject yourself to that you stress, when you don't rob yourself of the hardships, you actually become more for your men to be at a genetic level, in fact. Wow. I love that you brought that up. It That is so cool, right? And that's what fascinates me, Anthony. And, and I think it does for you too, when we, when we start to hear all of the science behind this, where there is that proof on a biological, physiological aspect of us, what makes us a human. And then you're also intertwining that spiritual piece of us because we're more than just the physical. But when you activate those, those cells and those genes that are lying dormant, because we have so many and, you know, it, it is truly bringing up the the true self-identity, right? Yeah. When we put ourselves into these things. And, you know, I've had so many conversations with incredible people. And it is something that comes up very, very often that that is exactly what brings us to be uh, uh, evolved 
human being and our best mm-hmm. selves is really to step into the unknown. It's true. And you have to do it though. I mean, nobody likes to do it <laughs> as much as people enjoy. Like I just was uh, working with Google recently and a lot of it, like my whole thing was like, we had a whole, someone before me was talking about the neuroscience of the brain and change and how it's not a big fan of change. The brain doesn't like change. It just, it likes to know what's coming. It's a predictive tool. Yeah. Uh, and it also like, but it's also adaptable, right? Yes. But as much as we don't like it in the moment, it's what provides all the greatest things for us. And and usually that that fear signal is triggered by something changing, right? That's it's an instinctual thing from back in whatever, you know, days when there were animals chasing us, like something changed, you noticed it, like, you know, what's going on? And you would just you have to pay attention. Those yeah. things haven't removed themselves from our brains completely. So it's still usually there. And for a lot of us is we have that fight or flight and we almost always go to flight. Like what's wrong, right? When really we can go like, let me fight this. And when you do, you become a fighter. And then here's a cool, a cool gift you get in life, which is one I get to kind of walk with. And I try to get people here. I call it a dominator's identity. And to dominate simply means to govern or control. You can dominate your, your morning meditation routine, right? It's not all abrasive. But what it is, is I have a mentality of when I step into my life and I go after big things, I know there's an inevitable problem coming. I know mm-hmm. it. It's life. However, I bring me to that problem. So I'm good. And it, it doesn't mean that I'm arrogant. It doesn't mean that I I think I got everything figured out. But I, I bring a guy who has battled already, but also understands how to navigate situations and find solutions. If I have that mentality when I go forward, I am less apprehensive to push and find my dream. And a lot of people don't realize that that's an under underlying um, subconscious trait they have and it hinders them. I have clients who they, they launch their businesses, they go out and you find that they don't push at a high level. And I, and I dig deep, I have one client uncovered for me. She goes, every time I get an email or a call from a client, I get, I get, you know, triggered. And I, I, I think it's going to be a bad thing and, and they're going to want to cancel with me. And I go, okay, how many times it happened? She goes, oh, it hasn't happened. I go, so you've never had a client call you to want to cancel it? I said, no, then, but you're just worried it could happen. Yeah. I said, do you think that that might be hindering you from pushing out and scaling your business and your clients? And it was this thing where she goes, oh, I go, yeah, because if you're afraid of, of one client, what would 10 feel like? And your brain knows that. So your brain avoids that. So you don't market, you don't push, you don't sell. Your right. issue with your skill set to be great. It's your ability to overcome the feeling of failure and the fear of what could go wrong there when really you have it in it. You, you created it. You concocted it. It doesn't even exist just yet, Right. So for a lot of us, that fear of what could go wrong stop us from even experiencing what could go right. Yeah. Anthony, I think you really just walked into a question that I was going to ask, and that is, how do you bring your clients to to facing these darker aspects of themselves in order to grow? And I think you just really landed a great example of that. And if you have more, I would love to hear. Um, I've got a whole bunch more. A lot of the things that I realized early on is, is I can talk to these things all day, but the only benefit you'll have for your life is if I tell you how to navigate them properly. Right. Cause that's, that's the real solution. Like, all right, I get that it can happen, but how, right? And so what I've realized for a lot of folks is, is when I approach what I do with them, I, I give them this mentality of, we are not going to go big. We're not trying to find the big single amazing thing. Even when the new year hits, you mentioned the new year, people go, what are you going to do big this year? I go, nothing. I go, what do you mean? I go, I'm going to go small, really small. What do you mean go small? Mm-hmm. So I'm go super small, but in a ridiculously big way, I'm going to find that single action that can be done every day, that's going to be hard on week 21 or 30, you know, 
but I stick with it. And if you stay with it, you find out more about yourself, you find out more skill sets in time. And so what I typically do is tell people, hey, find the area where you find the most tension, the most fear, the most difficulty, and then find out what is the action that makes your butt pucker. Like, what's the way <laughs> I want to do that, right? And now it could be multiple different things for anybody. Maybe you want to fix your marriage, but you don't know how to, you know, have the conversation about the, the, the sex life you have. Maybe you want to build a business, but you don't know how to go tell your friends, like, I'm going to do this or ask for some help or some money. Maybe you want to get a promotion, but don't know how to ask your boss for the promotion. Whatever that thing is, you need to go ask that. And it'll, pro it'll provide for you a clear action or a habit that you must take. Usually should be based on a habit. Now, whatever that thing is, you don't set it up to do it in a day. You set it up to do it in a year yeah, or three months or four months, right? And so what it could look like for a lot of people is you find out what that thing is and maybe it's you want to get in shape. Your job isn't to go, okay, what can I do to have the hardest workout? No, it's just say, hey, what can I do to find out the best kind of workout for me? Who can I find that can guide me in this? What kind of clothes do I buy? How do I put in my schedule for two days a week and progress to three days a week? And then once you have a plan that's actually in your calendar, now you go, let's rock. And so yeah. your job is just to do that simple thing consistently. And the more you can clear out the gray areas, the more your brain can go, I can do that. Because here's the thing we don't even pay attention to. I in my inbox have emails. And I'll look at emails and I go, I got 50 emails. guys, and it takes seven hours. And I go, I don't want to do it. I'll push it off for two days and three days and four days. And then I'll sit down and do it and it'll take 20 minutes. And I go, yeah. what was wrong? Why did I die? why did I wait five days to do this 20 minutes? Because our head makes this ordeal five times bigger than it is. Yeah. But if you just started, you go, oh, I can do this. And it, it creates a different sense of confidence and pride. And your brain actually knows when it's getting closer to a goal, you get a dopamine dump. When the gap closes between you and where you want to be, your brain knows it and goes, oh, okay. And it feels good. And so for you say, my clients, there's a lot more wrapped around this, but at a simple, simple, simple level, it's figuring out what's the thing you got to do based on where you want to go. It's finding out what the small habit is you can do consistently. And it's just doing it and keeping accountable, staying in flow. But it's it's a matter of just settling into the, the rhythm you're trying to create of something new and not waiting for the outcome. Like you don't identify with the place you want to be. Just identify with the person that gives the effort each day. And if that's who you are, you give the effort. You can feel pride each night. And eventually you'll pop your head up. Like when you've been working for like seven hours, all of a sudden you just, you wake up out of the, the, the stupor of like flow. You go, oh, Look what I got done. Like that, that's what you're aiming for is this feeling later on. I'm like, holy crap, it's been three months, but I had my head down. Look what I created. Yeah, absolutely. Anthony, you mentioned pride and confidence is really what comes out of that when you are consistent with something and and keeping them uh, you know. Well, I was going to say malleable, but I don't think that's the right word, but something that you can really actionably attain yeah. and do consistently every day, make it easier for you. And I love that you pushed it out to like, this is a year long goal. Let's not try to obtain it. Something that's more unrealistic where the, the failable rate is higher. Yeah. And, you know, you, you brought in also that this is stuff that we continue to work on over and over and over and and that self-improvement because it changes right so you accomplish this thing within this year and now i'm moving on to something that's new and because constant or change is the only constant you know that's what we get to look forward to and i think that's a lot brighter now it also brings me to think about when we are consistent and persistent it is is having us um I'm losing my word now. Uh, when we make progress mm -hmm. each day, 
the the word progress and the definition of that is something that really is beneficial for us as human beings. Yeah. And when we consider where where people go into a depressed state, and this time of year is oftentimes where people yeah. just naturally become a little more depressed. Wow. And that is just normal and natural. But when we have something to look forward to, and we know that we have something that we want to make progress in each and every day, we want to get out of bed. And mm -hmm. it's just so incredibly helpful. Yeah. And sometimes you don't want to get out of bed and you still do because you realize that sometimes doing hard stuff pushes you. I, you know, this is the time of the year because the sun goes down earlier. So naturally it's like darker and you, you spend more time and that darkness doesn't always feel good. You know, it just doesn't. Then you get more reminded about the families that maybe you don't have and the connections maybe you don't have because all the, you know, the Hallmark movies come out and there's a, the girl who has the love and the guy who has the girl. It's like, I don't have that. Right. So it's in your face. And if you don't got that, you go, gosh, I wish I had, you know. So a lot of these things, you're starting to reflect upon what you don't have or what you lack. And a couple things have to happen. One, you have to stop looking up what you don't have and look down at what you do and go, okay, I got some cool things, right? I'm better off than a lot of folks. Not always easy. The other part of it is you have to actually realize that the, there's a statement of a guy named uh, Dan Nitro. Uh, I can't remember his last name. He's, a, he's an American gladiator. He was on my podcast one time. He's a good dude. And he says, hey, action ends suffering. Mm -hmm. beautiful one. Because a lot of us were suffering in some ways. We, we feel the emotion of that. And most actions are driven by emotion, right? And so yeah. if I don't have the emotion to act, I don't. And so I stay in this funky place. And the longer you stay there, the longer you stay there. So you have yeah. to take an action. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's an unconfident, unmotivated action typically. But you just do it. You push yourself to get out of bed and go. And you do it. All of a sudden you get up and you move and you have this thing you did. Like, I don't know about you, but some of my my most prideful, best workouts are the ones when I didn't want to work out. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Do you you remember them a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> you, in and you dig out and all of a sudden you're in the middle of a set. You push yourself. You go, yeah. You look, you get sweating and you just, God, you know, you leave that session. Look at me. Right. Yeah. But that mentality you only get from stepping in when you didn't want to step in. It's an action that ends your suffering. It may not be the first one. It may not be the first 50, right? But there will be a moment when all of a sudden the tables turn and you've got this pride. You've had, you've got this accomplishment. You feel that and you go, hell, hell yeah, look at me, right? But you're not going to get that sitting still and wallowing. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Absolutely. Anthony, you're you're such a joy. I love everything that you've brought to us today. And you we talked a little bit about the um about your family life before the show came and that you bring this incredible energy to the family when 
they don't really, they're not feeling it. Right. So mm -hmm. I would love for you to share a little bit about mm -hmm. that and, and what happens in your household on a daily basis. Oh man, well, I'm the weird guy. You know, I, I talk to people all day long. It's just kind of, it's what dad does. Now it's uh, it's a thing where for me, I am presently aware at all times of what I, what I don't have uh, in a sense of, I don't have uh, an existence where I'm in prison or I have a horrible family or I don't have a spouse that loves me or I'm not present with my kids. I'm presently aware of what I do have in opposition of what statistics say I should. So like that gives me an immediate sense of joy. And then outside of that, I'm focused on today, man, because I've, I've, I really, it's like, this is what I got. You got right now, you got today. I don't got tomorrow, right? And so with that, I, I want to make sure that if it was my last moments at any given time, it's a great moment. I never know what's going to happen when I leave this house. I never have any clue. So why not live it like it's the last moments every moment? And and it doesn't take a bunch of energy once you get used to doing it. Now, my wife's not always a fan of it. She's like, not everybody's all joyous in the morning like you, Anthony, right? or my kids are kind of half, you know, we got boogers in their eyes still waking up. But I'm going to do that because if I was to leave this planet, I want that to be the reminder of like, you know, my dad was always just, he was joyful. He got up, like he got after it. He was, he was smiling. all Like I want that to be their memory of me. And the only way you do that is by living that. And, and when you live that, the crazy thing is if you fake it, it becomes you, right? I wasn't always like that. But over time, we start to give that. The more you give it, the more you become that, the more it's your natural set point. And it's not faking it anymore. It's genuinely me. And I think that's what led to me doing what I do for a living. Like it's, yeah. I have that, I've, I've, I've cultivated that. And so I give it out to the world. Ah, that is so cool because what you're saying is I wasn't always like that, but I can fake it till I make it. And, yeah. and I, I gotta say, I believe in that, you know, because we, we don't know or can't instill those, um, the way that we show up in the world until we just start doing it. Right. And, and even though it doesn't feel natural or right, you know, that smiling, it, you know, when we're not really feeling the greatest is not, it doesn't feel natural. Right. And it's, no. it's difficult to do in the beginning until it starts to become, you know, who we are and starts to become that habitual piece of us. And yeah. so I think that's really cool that you do that and that you really do lead by example for your kids as a parent. It, I mean, parenting is not easy. It, it is no. one of the most difficult jobs that anybody does outside of the, the career moves that we make. I mean, parenting is tough and it's this yeah. nonstop having to show up in as much of your best self as you can possibly muster up mm -hmm. for yeah. those kiddos. And so, but a beautiful thing, again, I, I would just want to bring that up again, that I wasn't like this always, but I had to create that in myself in order to lead by example in the best way, which I believe is, is the best thing that we can do for our kids. Because as we discussed earlier on, we have to allow them to experience life and to go through the hard things in order for them to grow. And as parents, we want to protect, we, we want to save them from all of the things that's ingrained in us. Right. And yet we we have to allow them to grow and experience yeah. things yeah. on their own. I don't want to. My wife last night, she's like she was she gave me a little picture because we're obviously same conversation. My son, she goes, you know, I just like this little vision. Like when I was like, you know, uh, when my kid's small, like I I can help them, right? I can I can carry the weight of their head and their body because they're tiny. But it's like when you get to this level, you carry the weight of their heart. Oh. Yeah, right. Oh, so he's got a lot going on. And so I go, I get it. But like, you know, he's it's the safest place from this experience is craziness. And even going levels beyond that, I was a college football player. Co college football, just so we're aware, is vastly more demanding of your time than his college track. 
like the amount of free time he has boggles my mind. I'm like, you wait, you get, <laughs> you get to just go hang out most of the day. All right. He's there in the off season. He's hanging out, but like football's all the time. And I go, imagine doing that. I also had a degree in kinesiology. So I'm chemistry, stoichiometry type stuff, calculus yeah. and physics. Right. And I had him at a baby, you know, I'm a sophomore year. And I go, this is not, I said, this is not like Trump him, but I'm like, son, like grasp, but you can do this, man. Like I had all that. And then I had another child to defend for, right. To take care. I said, it's all doable to lean into it. And it's the motion that leads the emotion. If I had a kid, right. I had him at a young age, the motion of showing up every day. He didn't give anything back. He he cried and he pooped and he, he ate food all day, all the time, always up. Right. But the emotion I put towards him created the emotion of love. Mm. So when you emotion or the emotion of joy, with the emotion of love, you love, you give joy because in giving it, it creates the cycle that comes back to you because what you give out, the world reflects back to you. You give joy, you get joy, you give crap, you get crap. And so when I say it's not like faking it until you make it, it's, it's having motion in the direction with an energy you want, which will in turn bring the emotion back to you. The love that I sought from a father and child relationship that I didn't have really growing up. I created by the motion of loving my kids. And so it's when you give to something, you actually get what you want most. Mm, That is a a hot topic of discussion. I hear it so often here on the show from our incredible guests, such as yourself, like what you put out into the world is what is reflected back. And, and I love that you say the motion creates emotion. It's funny. Mm. My husband always said that to me Mm. and, you know, like to, to go on a walk, the motion that creates emotion to, to kind of shake off whatever you're feeling. And in the beginning, I was like, I don't want to create more emotion. I don't want to be emotional. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I wasn't viewing it in, in the best light. And, and I completely understand it now. And you're right. And I I love the way that you described it. uh, The, the motion that you give towards others, towards your children and your wife is, is what's going to create the emotion that you have for them, the love. And so that's such a beautiful way of describing it. Anthony, you're doing awesome things in the world. You're you're speaking, you're engaging, you're coaching, you're leading. What is the next big thing for you? What are you creating now? Uh, man, I'm creating a, a how to explain this. I'm creating the ability for me to, in the next say 15, 20 years, to completely remove myself from this industry, but have what I've created carry on. Mm, legacy. And you can call it legacy. It's interesting. I think my legacy is my kids. Like my legacy is what I, I get at home and how I, I love and how I share and how you will meet my kids in the future and go, who's your dad? Oh, I was a great guy. Like that's the legacy I really want to leave. I, I I know in 300 years, no one's going to know my name. In 100 years, no one's going to know my name, right? It's just not going to happen. And I'm okay with that. I think that's there's a piece for my mind of that. But I do know that the work that I do uh, in realm of like, I call it dark work, that message is really based around the work you do in the dark so you can win the light. As long as we have people that have identities and work is necessary to create something and there's an opportunity to win in whatever way it is, like this work will have a great value to the world. And if I base it on Anthony, if it's built on me, then when I go, it goes. And so for me, that goal is like, how do I lead this thing, get the machine moving? And then when it's time, give it to the next generation, have somebody else carry the torch of the message to where it's something that the rest of the world, however long, can benefit from. And so the, the next big thing is a small thing. I'm going to do big. You know, it's it's me carving out a simple concept of identity and dark work 
showing up as an amazing speaker, uh, showing up as an amazing coach, and then teaching people how to do what I do in my manner, in my way. They can make it their own in time. But then all that, I eventually want to be able to pull aside and just raise my grandkids, you know, like just be present with my wife all the time. Go take trips, go explore this cool world that human history hasn't had an opportunity to explore in this manner for the majority, 99% of human's history, right? Like I can decide right now that I want to go to Fiji and be there in a matter of 72 hours. We could never do that before, what, 60, 70 years ago? Yeah, it's so amazing. Me, why, why can we do all of that and we don't, right? So for me, I go, I want to do all these things. I don't care about the fame, man. Uh, I don't care about everybody knowing who I am. I don't care about being like, I love doing my thing on a stage. It's not for me to be on a stage. It's for me to serve people. And so when, when I, I kind of own that kind of feel of it. It's like, I'm going to be in the stages I'm supposed to be on to send the message, but I'm not doing it because I want to be like the guy who could take social media clips and look at me world of my private. Like, it's just not my thing. Although right. you have to do that because the world's it's shallow in that way. Like they got to see that stuff to follow. Yeah. That stuff would be part of it. It's not my heart though. It's just to get you to pay attention. And the goal of it is in the long run to yeah. be able to remove myself from it gracefully, but, but still have the message thriving. You definitely have begin with the end in mind here when you're describing this and you're fully encompassing the the lessons and the teachings that you offer to the world by saying, this is a very long-term goal. Like I have all of these years planned out, mapped out in order to create this thing that I envision. Yeah. Yeah. I have to, <laughs> if not, it just, it's yeah. not going to happen on its own. You know, it also, it, it structures the direction of how I create and build too. If I create this thing based off of me, then everything from the foundation up will be built upon me. And if I go, it goes. And so for me, it's it's building it with me being more of the uh, the facilitator of the idea, the facilitator of the discussions and, and creating things that are, you don't look at this thing and go, I got to have Anthony. And you have to have the process. You have to have this concept. You have to have that thing. Yes, I made it, but I don't go to Ray Kroc and go, Ray, can you make me a burger for McDonald's? Like, no, nah, <laughs> the systems are out there. I don't need Ray Kroc to make it. I can get some goodness by following what he created. And that's what I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Anthony, you are bringing so much wisdom to this show. Thank you so much for sharing that with the audience. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience today? Uh, no, they, I think we got enough out there. Uh, here's what I will say. I guess we'll call it that. Choose one thing and go do it. Just one simple thing. Don't solve all your problems overnight. Just choose one area because the muscles that you build to solve the one can solve the all. Ah. Oh. Oh, that's so cool. I want to make sure that everyone knows where to find you. So for those of you listening in, www.anthonytrucks.com, easy peasy, visit his site. It is also in the description below, and I've had it shown here for those of you visually watching. And so Anthony, again, it has been such an honor and a privilege to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show you, you bring so much wisdom. I think we've had an incredible conversation that is really giving and has a lot for the audience to mull on. And so thank you again. It's been truly an honor and a pleasure. Same pleasure for me as well. Thank you. You're welcome. And for those of you, our audience, the show wouldn't be possible without you. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Goodbye for now.